CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It's Wednesday, February 8th. That's right. It's another Monroe Wednesday here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Thanks for tuning in. Brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, all that good stuff, and so much more. And columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. So you want to check that out. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. If you want to help out the show, you want to find some cool stuff, some extras, some bonus stuff, go over to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Poll Media Wednesday, and here's why. It's another day, another poll. It's actually two polls, mayoral polls. There are more polls than voters. The real right. story. This is the real story in this election is that at best, thirty-five percent of the city is, will vote, which means sixty-five percent won't vote. Which means citizens in Chicago are so alienated, so turned off by Chicago politics, they feel the system is so meaningless to them. It's like a joke. Like nothing they do will have any positive outcome, so they don't vote. So the election is going to be decided by thirty-five percent of the population that could vote, that's eligible to vote. So bizarre to think of. And within that little terrain of 35%, you know, when, when you cut off 65% of the people in the city of Chicago, you kind of give greater prominence, obviously, to those who bother to vote. So it's not really representative, you know, of the people in the city as a whole. <laughs> and that just perpetuates the process, you know? Because the people who are elected are not representative of the people who live in Chicago. They're going to do things that are really not going to help the people in the city of Chicago. So it furthers the cynical notion that there's no point in voting. It just goes around and around and around and around. Anyway, that's the main news that uh, is behind the scenes. The latest poll from the Sun-Times and WBEZ uh, shows that Jesus Chuy Garcia is in first place. Just ahead, and I mean just ahead of Paul Vallis, the former uh, school chief, former Daily Revenue Department director head. Uh, uh, Garcia with 20%, Vallis with 18%, Mayor Lori Lightfoot with 17% of the vote. Uh, the Sun-Times headline that highlighted that. For Lightfoot, it's a bitter poll to swallow. Get that one, Monroe, a little joke there from the Sun-Times. <laughs> a bitter poll to swallow. Oh, they got a million of them, the bright one. Uh, Willie Wilson is uh, fourth with 12%, and Brandon Johnson, CTU uh, organizer, Cook County Commissioner, who represents pretty much uh, most of the lefties in the city of Chicago, uh, with 11%, according to this poll. So that's that poll. I had uh, Jesus, Chewy Garcia, and Paul Vallis sending, opening up bottles of champagne. Yeah, let's just go with that poll. Meanwhile, another poll, same day. I don't even know who this poll was on, but all I know is that all my lefty friends, you know, I love you, lefty friends. You only send me the polls that show Brandon Johnson doing well. 
You never show me the polls that show Brandon Johnson not doing well. Okay, I guess you don't want to expose me to what, quote unquote, lefty bad news. But in this other poll, which was by some outfit I never heard of, but that doesn't mean I'm, I don't know all the outfits. IZQ, latest mayoral poll. Paul Vallis in first place with 25%. Brandon Johnson in second place with 15%, which is why the lefties are sending it to me. Uh, Lori Lightfoot at 12. Chewy Garcia at 12. Uh, so, you know, all these polls are used by the candidates to fire up their uh, their their supporters. Look, guys, not all is hopeless. But one thing is consistent throughout the polls. And Monroe and I have talked about this. We'll probably talk about this again. That Paul Vallis is either first or second. He's right at the top of every poll. And that is because he has successfully consolidated the MAGA vote in the city of Chicago. The MAGA vote in the city of Chicago is 15%. That's what Donnie Trump got. That's what uh, uh, Darren Bailey got. They probably got a little more Bruce Rauner. That's the MAGA vote. Hardcore MAGA. They love Paul Vallis. So that's your guy. You start off with 15%. Willie Wilson, I'm just telling you. I'm gonna give you, you I know you were looking for the MAGA vote. They're not voting for you, Willie. They're not going to vote for you. Paul Vallis is their guy. So he starts off with that. Everything else is gravy. And I think, he, I think okay, Ben. It, it's not. It's not. I don't think it's the MAGA vote. I think it's the Epton vote. Where you go? Seriously? Okay. So what you've done is localized it, and yes. I got to give him credit. He has local. What Monroe did there was localized, and we're just being honest, folks. We're just telling you like it is. Uh, in Chicago, the MAGA vote for anybody over the age of 60 will be known as the Epton vote because they remember 1983 when Harold Washington was running for mayor of the city of Chicago against a Republican. Okay. This is a democratic city. And uh, the white people just ran for Bernie Epton, the Republican. And so you're essentially saying Monroe, the same thing is happening right now. It's the uh, white people voting for the white guy. Wow. <laughs> They 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 had a white mayor they liked Rom Daly, and then we up and got a really strange mayor, black gay, <laughs> and they're not interested in any Hispanic. They want them a good old fashioned white man. You know what that. <laughs> The kind they don't make anymore. Good right. old-fashioned white guy. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, I got to tell you, I didn't tell you this. I'm going to get your thoughts on this one, Monroe. I had a conversation with a lefty friend yesterday, uh, and he was talking about a, a voter in West Riders Park. Uh, and it was an Indian-American voter. I think it was an Indian-American voter that he was talking to in West Riders Park. And this guy said he was voting for Paul Vallis. And essentially, the message that the reason he said was, we let the black people have a turn. They didn't do well, so I'm going to go to a white guy. That is so Chicago. You get what I'm saying, Monroe? Yeah, it's like I said, it's like, oh my God, that is the Chicago mentality. Well, yeah, Lori Lightfoot didn't do so great. Let's just go to a white guy. You know, right. just, do you, do you have the sense that that mentality is at play here with people throughout the city of Chicago? They won't ever say it publicly. I think. Openly, well, no, they'll say it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Just it depends on who you talk to. I mean, some <laughs> won't say it publicly, but many will. 
Yeah. So explain oh, it well, to the me. Southwest side to ask the question. So well, what is what, what's going on? What's the mind game happening here? What like what's the process? What are they processing in their brain when they say that? It's the whiteness is the default position. It's 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 um, whiteness is normal. It's it's the default position. It's the way things are supposed to be, and all this other stuff is um, bothersome. So let me ask you this. Yeah. And I know the answer is going to see obvious, but I want you to riff on this. So in your humble opinion, you lived them you lived among white people a long time. Yeah, right. In I your <laughs> 40 some years. He left Gary, Indiana in 1965. <laughs> Living among the white people ever since. Uh so well, I lived in Prairie Shores for uh five years okay yeah and when you moved to lincoln park it wasn't all white but anyway neither here nor there so yeah follow me on this one monroe do you think that white people whether they'll say it or not believe that they are superior to black yes (laughs) yes yes on one level or another in some instances um even some wannabe liberals, but white racism, white supremacy is so built in to the American way that that is the standard. And they don't even think about it. You know, you talk about white privilege. I mean, it, it, the, the idea of going into a, a, a Marshall, not, uh, Mar- not, not, uh, not Marshall Fields now, what at Macy's. Yeah, went into a Macy's to shop and being t- being watched by a clerk because you might shoplift something simply because you're black. A white person never ever gets that sort of treatment. It just doesn't happen. But with with black any black person you know has had that experience at least once in their life. Yeah. And that's and that's minor, you know. These are many many insults. They are major, you know. Like getting shot because you you, you in a traffic stop, getting murdered in a traffic stop by a cop. Well, I I uh, so that is relatively minor, and I have that in quotes yeah. compared to the notion that if you put a black person in charge of a city, it will not be as uh, competently run as if you put a white person in charge of the city and i know that's prevalent in chicago right because i remember and and i'm thinking of writing about this because it really is reminding me so much of that transition uh in 89 when uh at first uh sawyer ran then evans ran against richie daly and daly was triumphant and became mayor and there was just this sense and i've lived around white people even longer than you have monroe Uh, There was just this sense, like, finally, we're going to have a competent person running this thing. I'm like, you look at Richie Daly and that's competent? I don't know. I I couldn't understand why someone would look at Richie Daly and look at Harold Washington and think Daly would be more competent than Harold Washington. Right. But that's the mindset. Uh, And, like, they wouldn't blame Daly for things. 
So there was a lot of crime in Chicago, a lot of murders in Chicago. And the attitude was, well, you can't blame the mayor for that. I mean, he doesn't control everything. And now Lori Lightfoot gets blamed for every murder. Exactly. Like, What's going on here? Exactly. Help me out. Well, she has an accomplice. Kim is her accomplice. <laughs> and, and making sure murder and mayhem are going out in the city. And Tim Evans is contributing a little bit, too. So that's the unholy trio, as far as they're concerned. And um, they'd be happy if all three were replaced with white people. Well, uh, Tim Evans will still be uh, the head of the Cook County uh, Judiciary. Okay, yeah, so that's not going to change. Uh, and Kim Fox will still be the Cook County State's Attorney. That won't change. Right. Uh, but clearly, these polls show one consistent theme is that Lori Lightfoot, and I never... I never would have bet on this, Monroe. Lori Lightfoot is in real trouble, uh, just as the Sun Times said, a bitter pole to swallow. Oh, you guys are clever, bright one. Uh, and uh, she's in trouble. I never would have predicted this. Lori Lightfoot might not make the runoff. I Wow, Monroe, that's I, I can't recall a mayor being so rejected by the citizens of the city of Chicago. Uh, as this mayor. Why do you think that's the case? Let's uh, see. She's a woman. Uh, she's gay. And she's not very friendly. She's not lovable and cuddly. So they don't like her. Mm. Well, she is doing better with, according to the Sun Times poll. Okay, she is doing better, Lori Lightfoot, with black voters. Uh, black voters were split with, get this, Monroe, twenty six percent supporting Willie Wilson, uh, who is essentially a black Republican, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, he, he yeah, Willie is a black Republican. He is a black. He, he has a hard time admitting it these days, but he is a black Republican. Yeah. Uh, he voted for Trump in twenty sixteen. Now he won't say who he voted for in twenty twenty. Uh, so 26% supporting Wilson, 25% supporting Lightfoot, and 16% in support of Brandon Johnson. Uh, that's according to the Sun-Times poll. Follow me on this one. 36% of white voters said they vote for Vallis, followed by 16% for Lightfoot, 14% for Johnson, and 10% for Garcia. White, white people love Vallis, okay? You just love them, white people. Well, you know, because uh, Val, I mean, not only is he a Vallis a white man, yeah, but he carries himself as such. He projects that white male, white maleness. I mean, you know, because you could have a you you could have a Ben Jarowski who would be a white man, but but you wouldn't get that whole. Like I'm a white man. <laughs> that's beating me, you know. <laughs> what? How did that's? Especially go into a little detail. What do you mean? Uh, I think I understand exactly what you're saying, but I want to hear you spell it out. He projects himself as a white man. What do you mean by that? Who? Who? Vallis? Yes. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm in charge. I'm entitled. I know what I'm doing. I'm connected. I'm this. I'm. I'm all that. I mean, I. I'm I'm the full package. I'm I'm what you used to, and what you expect, and what you want. And white people are just eating it up. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to have control again. Right. And he'll, he'll, the white man will know what to do. He'll put all those black people in, in, in Cook County jail where they belong. And if a cop shoots one or two, so what? Yeah, it does remind me of 1989. You know, things change, but they don't really change all that much. Because I do recall white people were so excited that Mayor Daly, Rich Daly, was going to be the mayor again. It was like, the world will be like... When Harold won, when Harold Mm -hmm. won in 83, the Tribune, the day Harold won, the Tribune was like, Every white person, not every, but almost every white person there, looked like their mama had died. <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean, they were just like, I mean, they were slumped down. They, oh, and yeah. in, in, in the meantime, the um, handful of us black, black people, well, actually, there might have been 10. But anyway, among us, I mean, we were overjoyed, but we couldn't express it for fear of, um, retaliation of some sort. So we would sneak into some private place and jump up and down <laughs> and then come out and walk around like, oh, isn't it terrible or <laughs> something? Wait, wait, wait. So uh, when you say retaliation, wh- what do you mean by retaliation? You mean retaliation? The problem, the- okay, the problem with being the minority, mm-hmm. a, a, a serious minority, not of. 60 40 but a 90 10 minority is those people have control over your life your career the majority does you can just not get um, you can end up writing obits at the tribute if you get on the bad side of an editor i i got on the bad side of jim squires and i was assigned to to I went from being being in City Hall, and I was a, a columnist at the time also. I got assigned. They decided they were going to open up a, a new metro publication covering the city. And it was, it, it was um, a white woman reporter and me were the only two journalists assigned to it. And it, it was minor stories, you know, little puff pieces about the Black community mainly. Uh, the white woman quit. I had a family, so I didn't have that option. Plus, I was uh, one year away from being fully vested, so I just I just stuck it out. Smart move. I would have been advising you to do that. Uh, but by the way, just just go back. There's nothing wrong with writing old bits. I just want to say this. I understand exactly the point you're making. Uh, you're a news junkie. You want to uh, you want to be. Uh, like where the action is, but I actually, if I were to ever, I can't imagine working for a mainstream newspaper, but if I were to work for me, I I would enjoy just writing the old bits, leave me alone, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's always one white guy at the Tribune. I wasn't one of them. I would be a star. (laughs) Excuse me, not to, um, the, 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 the ambiguity of an old bit writer. And it wasn't like back then, this is 1970, well, in, in, this, in the 70s, when I first started, mid 70s. But people would call in with an old bit, 
and you'd write it and it would be an inch or two and that's it no byline uh just routine and they came in all the time all yeah. the time yeah, I, I, uh, all right. We're, I don't want to go down that path, but I, yeah, right. I, I, good obituary is nothing like. It probably usually, uh, so often the best written thing in a newspaper, uh, and perhaps the most interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I disagree. I, th- I think the best writing in, 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 in the newspaper is the sports writing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, good point. Yeah. yeah, sports section and the obit section. Yeah, right. I hear you. Right, uh, and. Uh, yeah, the most, and as I always say in this show, the most straightforward uh, reporting in the New York Times, for instance, is coming out of the business section. They're just like telling you what's going on, whereas the the the, the political writing in the New York Times is just atrocious and getting worse. All right, so Monroe, let's let's let me. Uh, I've never asked you the Mark Sims question, so I'm going to ask it to you now. And uh, so, as you know, Mark Sims, good friend of the show, comes on regularly, uh, podcaster himself. And uh, the last time he was on the show, he did a whole riff, which he's posted on his Facebook wall. And he's uh, he's put this theory out there. Um, There are too many black candidates running. And that says something about black people in general and politics in Chicago in particular. Uh, And he points out there's uh, one white man, Paul Vallis, one Hispanic man, Jesus Garcia, and then seven black people running. Right. And uh, so he says that's pretty much going to split up the black vote to some degree or another uh, and jeopardize the chance of a black person uh, emerging for the runoff. And uh, and he then goes on. He has all these theories as to why so many black people are running, et cetera, and so forth. And I will not take the deep dive into Mark Sims theories at this moment. I'll just ask you, do you do you share uh, his concern that there are too many black candidates running. Do you think that means that the city uh, will what eventually go back to daily style? Not that we ever left daily style programs, right. but I don't. I can't even say go back to because they've been carried on uh, ever since daily took control. Uh, but just in general, do you share his concern that there are too many black candidates running? Okay. Yeah. First of all, you know that I I've, I've mentored Mark. 35 years ago or something like that. I mean, that's how long I've, I've been in association with him. As, as a kid, he used to come into my office and just talk to me, and I, I was his mentor back then. Okay, all that's to say he is absolutely positively right about what he said. We haven't had this discussion, but he's, he, he, it's, it's amazing to me that we have so many Black people, but I'm not surprised because I lived through the Sawyer Evans split, and where with the Evans people, they were acting like they were the true alternative. If they got they were government in exile. If they got rid of Sawyer, then Evans would be in, and that would be it. Not that there was this whole cadre of white people sitting around waiting to reclaim what they thought was rightfully there. And that's the, again, that's the situation. That's why I, 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 I went back to Epton on that is, um, who, who, whoever is mayor gets to make decisions that impacts everybody else. 
the power is where the power is. And so having all these black people wanting, thinking they're going to be mayor. And they, I'm sure they haven't really th thought this out, that they're, they're splitting the vote up six ways, seven ways. Seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it, it could very well be the runoff is Chewy in Dallas. Well, that, yeah. and, and, and Willie um, is responsible to that lar a larger degree than anybody else because he owns, a, he's not going to be mayor, but he controls a significant chunk of the black community. Controls? I don't is that the right word you want to use? Okay, Controls. influence, serious influence. influence. I mean, okay. Willie has been at, at least for 15 years, he's been giving money longer than that, longer, 20 years. He's been giving money to black ministers. Mm. You know, um, because he's a generous man, because he's a religious man and he's into that. But also there was some other designs with that. I mean, he, he, so he has a solid base in the black religious community in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not like, uh, I've had this conversation with Mark Sims so many times, uh, and it, it's not like, uh, all the white people in Chicago went to a restaurant all the white political leaders and said, all right, who's going to run here? You know what I mean? It's it. I, right. Even I'm not that paranoid to think right. that, but they test the water. Like, think about him. Arnie Duncan tested the water. goes, nah, I don't think I'll run. Uh, Mike Quigley tested the water. Nah, I don't think I'm wrong. These are prominent uh, white politicians. Right. Whose name recognition and uh, would give them, you know, a leg up to a certain degree. Definitely Arnie Duncan for fundraising. Uh, and they decided not to run. And that left Paul Vallis, the lone white guy. And you're right. He is now the beneficiary of that kind of, yeah, we got to get it back to white people. They yeah, and he has run. money. Well, you know, he's getting white money. You know, um, Rod Sawyer, just as an example. Uh son of a former Chicago mayor doesn't have, uh, from what I can tell, they have enough money to go on, on the air. Now, he may have some and he's going to come later, but that's not going to help him coming later. Uh, the, only, the, the, the only black candidates uh, are the mayor, uh, Willie Wilson, and um, Johnson. I mean the only black candidates who have money to go on the air. Yeah, yeah, right. That they're on the air. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah, so that's a dynamic here in Chicago as we head into uh the election. Uh and we'll get into another time because I want to move to national news. Uh the whole issue of um black voters and their attitudes toward Jesus Garcia. Great article in the tribe uh about that, uh about as to you know why 
Jesus Garcia could not pick up support uh, in the black community. Uh, and you cannot overlook the influence uh, that Daly had when he built the HDO, Hispanic Democratic Organization, which was intended to drive a wedge between the black and Hispanic community. and was very successful at that. We're still in the aftermath. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and, and this is another factor is over the last decade, blacks have been bailing out of Chicago yeah. by the tens of thousands. And Hispanics have been moving into Chicago by the tens of thousands. And so basically it's their turn. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is, this again, the Mark Sims theory, we're going to move on. He notes that. Yeah. It's interesting that the proportion of black people in Chicago is falling. The portion of, of Hispanic people in Chicago is rising as a total demographic phenomenon, but the number of Hispanic candidates running for mayor is the same as it was last time. And the number of black candidates running for mayor is more than it was last time. So it's the, yeah. the, there's more black people running for mayor and less black people living in the city of Chicago. Uh, and Mark Sims says there's something uh, at play there uh, that deserves greater uh, investigation. All right, let's move on to national politics. Probably should have started with national politics. Uh, last night, uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, gave his uh, State of the Union speech and I know you want to do a victory march again. You've done like five of them since <laughs> the 2020 election. Yeah. So you, you love these victory marches or yeah, celebrations. Yeah. I'm making fun of Bernie bros like me, but yeah, I, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's the call that keeps on calling. When you Bernie bros were up, uh, going on and on about how wonderful he was and how, what, what a waste Biden was. And, uh, and I, 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 I said that Biden was good enough back then. And that I, I said, Bernie couldn't get elected. Biden, uh, President Biden would be as, as progressively, um, progressive in deliverance as, as FDR. Yeah. He has delivered for the progressive. The progressives in Congress aren't even complaining about him. Bernie's not complaining about him too much. Even. I mean, he, 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 he has delivered, delivered. He's done more stuff. He's, he broke, he's broken all kinds of records. Okay, so this gets into another uh, line of discussion and something I've been thinking about a lot. I don't even know if I've uh, had a conversation with you about this, even in our private conversations. Yeah. Uh, but polling right now, American people, when they're polled about the president, be it Trump or Biden, right? It's now, always, it's like universally bad. Right. And I understand uh why folks would have uh a negative opinion about donald trump i do understand that i had a negative opinion about donald trump right uh but then when you see it carry over the same numbers for biden who is the opposite of trump in every way right he's a conciliator he doesn't pick a fight 
He's always talking about unity. He's looking for approaches to programs that have benefit the largest group of people. And then he's looking for Republicans to sign on to them so he could say his bipartisan support. He speaks that language. He speaks the language that Americans are supposed to want to hear. Not Bernie bros like me, not lefties like me, but just ordinary American voters. His right. polling numbers stink. I'm starting to think that like <laughs> one more aspect of what's wrong with polling in America today and that I just there's just like a general like people expect to be critical in a poll. You know, like I'll give you an example, like people in Chicago reading the Sun-Times poll and people in Chicago are trying to explain like why they um, they're voting for this candidate or the other candidate. They think, well, I like this person's plan. I don't believe any Chicagoan who answers that question could specify what the mayor's plan is, but they say they like the plan anyway. And particularly, similarly with the national poll, it's like people are expected to be critical. Like it's almost like you have to be critical. It's like, why are you mad at critical at Biden? He's doing what you said you want. He's being a conciliator. He they always- don't know it. Now this is. This has been the problem with the Democrats. And we've talked about this um, before, is that the Democrats have had some of the worst messaging uh, available. You know, they went to the messaging store and and, and (laughs) they got the bargain basement goods and walked out with it. Uh, Biden has done all this stuff. They haven't talked about, you know, they were fighting. They, first of all, they were fighting with each other or, over um, minor things instead of just settling down and pushing what they're doing, they, what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. I mean, but finally they have awakened and they know where they're going. The Republicans are going to have a hard time the next two years. Um the, so you don't think the polls even matter? What you're essentially saying, it doesn't matter that like his his favorable rating is like in the 30s somewhere, Joe Biden's that is. That, uh, this, you're saying essentially what I'm saying is that uh, polls are misleading. Like Donald Trump, his polls were throughout were really bad. Like right. best, maybe get 40, mostly was in the 30s. He ended up getting more votes than a losing candidate uh, in the history of American politics. Right. I believe that's true. He, there were so many people who voted for Donald Trump despite those crummy polls. Right. Le- leads me to believe, conclude that it's almost, it's very misleading. Just let's keep it oh, that they, way. They don't care. You know, it's uh, with Biden, for example, he has this great quote don't, don't compare me to the Almighty, compare me to the al- alternative. <laughs> and Trump, as an alternative, he wins. DeSantis, as an alternative, Biden will win. Um, Biden, the problem for Democrats is that they have not successfully communicated all the good stuff they've done. And it, it, it hadn't gone into play. You know, all these new laws that they passed um, are now about to be I- implemented. And so Biden had this great quote uh, in his um, speech last night about how um, he would he, he would see these guys at the groundbreaking, some of these Republicans, because yeah. <laughs> they had voted. He, he carries an index card in his pocket. 
with the names of people who voted against the bills that he was trying to get. So he knows exactly who they are. And so as he goes around uh, opening this bridge or doing this or doing that, he's going to know how they voted. And they what, what they did with Obamacare, because of Obama, no, no drama Obama, he didn't put his name on all these projects that he was doing the shovel ready projects when he was president. So what the Republicans did was when the money came to their state, they had a groundbreaking and they took credit for it. Everybody thought, oh man, my Republican government is so wonderful. And Biden's not going to play that game. He he learned from that lesson. And so he's got to go there and, and, and name names. For, for example, with the um, social security, Oh my, yeah. yeah. You know, and, the, and these folks just, I mean, they just lie, period. You know, I mean, they don't, they, 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 they proudly lie. They gleefully lie. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, um, for, with Republicans, Social Security and Medicare has never been anything they liked. From his very like 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 with the with the, with Obamacare from the very beginning, they were trying to kill it, and they've been trying to kill Social Security uh, for seventy years, or however old it is. I mean, they've never ever liked it. Yeah, they have it on the chopping block right now. Yeah, they no, said it, and 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 and. Um, you had you had the um, the um, former governor of Florida, yes, um, who put it down in writing, which was stupid. But they <laughs> they do stupid things. Well, now he's trying trying to deny it. <laughs> no, and so uh, Biden, first of all, cutting Social Security uh, and Medicare is so unfair because Americans directly pay. Exactly. Insurance programs. We pay literally pay our paycheck you get to right. fortify those programs with the expectation that they will be there for you. And by yeah. the way, ladies and gentlemen, when you get old, you're gonna need it. Trust me, I'm old. Okay. <laughs> so it's scary to think that the Republicans would and, cut social right. and, it, and, it's, and it's not enough. I mean, what it does is it doesn't make you rich. What it does is it, it stops you from being um, destitute. Destitute, exactly. It stops you from being which old people were before. Yeah, and, and so re Republicans, you're right, Monroe. It's a per persistent theme with Republicans. George Bush W. When he won re-election in 2004, said we're going to put Social Security in the chopping block, and then immediately there's an outcry, and they back off of it because right. it's a very dangerous proposition right. to suddenly well, take money away they, from old people. Right. They had this scheme where they were going to take your Social Security and put it in the stock market. Yeah. Oh my. Well. With okay. the with 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 the theory that you know if you look at the stock market over uh, a, a time period then it does well. But there are times when it does horrible. Oh, and if you need steady income, yeah, absolutely. And the market is down, you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. I mean, you are security. The whole point of social security is security, not, not get rich scheme.
and and, and this is what the one of the things the Republicans play around with one concept. So last night uh, at his State of the uh, Union speech, Joe Biden threw that punch at the Republicans. So he played two games there. One, he did old Joe. I get along with everyone and uh, right. welcome Speaker McCarthy and let's work together. I'll see you at the groundbreaking. Da, 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 da. And then he threw that little punch about I'm going to f- keep them from taking away your Social Security, which I'm glad he, pl- he I'm glad he threw that punch because right. that will maybe hold them off from taking away Social Security because well, we're no, going to have a fight. No, he, locked, he locked them up. He locked them up. Then but, they won't be doing it this time. I mean, they'll they'll try. Well, we'll, have, we'll see, Monroe. Yeah. We, you and I will be having this conversation. Yeah. Uh, when uh when it comes to lifting the ceiling on the debt, and will the Republicans try? McCarthy's always said we're going to get something, some concessions, uh, from Biden for uh, lifting the debt. Yeah. And I'm like, what concessions are you I mean, looking for? Look, you know what Joe, I mean? Like, yeah, but Joe locked them up last night. They can't do it now. He got he 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 by by saying they were going to do it doing it then um, Green M- MTG oh, was yelling God. liar liar <laughs> yeah and McCarthy sitting behind Biden going no no no, no, no shut the fuck up <laughs> this isn't helping us yeah and then so Biden continues to push it. And he says, he says, well, uh, because the, the Republicans, some of them, because it's bad politics, were saying, no, we don't want to do that. And some of them don't because they know it's bad politics. So then Biden asked everybody who wanted to keep it to stand. And they and the cameras were on them. So then they couldn't, they all stood. So they they have pledged that he thanked them. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, no, it, it, yeah, you're absolutely correct. The way he played it, uh, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene played in his hand, yelling out "liar, liar." Well, in right. other words, you're lying. We no, <clears throat> you're lying. We we want to protect Social Security, even though, as you uh, pointed out, there are Republicans who said it should be on the table, and so that does. Well, Scott uh, has had the paper. Scott was in charge of getting winning the Senate. For Republicans in the last election, that, yeah. that was, that's how Florida. It was. That's the Florida Senator Rick Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and he came out with this plan, yes. and part of the plan was to sunset Social yes. Security and Medicare. So every, oh, every, right. every, 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 which, which was crazy, and yeah. um, and uh, God, Mike, Mike, um, out of Arizona, the senator out of Arizona, who ran for president. Anyway, oh, no. he denied it. He he was he was saying that. Uh, it was unfair that Biden was misrepresenting. And this morning on good old MSNBC, they have <laughs> video of him saying that he wanted to get back, get rid of in in, in, in uh, 2019. You about Mitt Romney? Is that who you're talking about? No, not Mitt Romney. Mike, um, I'm great. He, he ran as an independent for president briefly, too. Oh, he's, from he's a Utah. He's from Utah. Anyway, Utah. All right. yeah, 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 yeah. Utah. Uh, okay, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you. Uh, that was a, a, a slick move by a Biden. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, played into his hands. Uh, Lord knows what her view is on Social Security, uh, Marjorie, but Marjorie Taylor Greene's view is, 
I want to get as much camera time as I can get <laughs> as, as many times. And then people will send me money. Yeah, she's, exactly she's right. She's gotten 12 million bucks or something. Yeah, you're right. You are so right. She's a grifter and she knows how to play it. And she's, yep, she's shaking them down. So, all right, let me ask you this question. I remember it was about eight years ago uh, at uh, President Obama's State of the Union speech that Congressman out of South Carolina, Wilson, Joe Wilson, yelled out liar. And everybody right. was aghast. Oh, my right. God. Uh, and, uh, right. Uh, well, everybody, everybody right. Uh, uh, right to the left of Fox TV was aghast. Right. Uh, and uh, now last night it was like, uh, you know, um, uh, a wrestling match, you know, with the crowd yelling at uh, Biden with the, the Republicans. Yelling and, at and Biden. he took them on. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah Biden he, took them on. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which I mean, was the thing that was really um, amazing about Sleepy Joe. <laughs> was he 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 came in like fighting Joe, Joe Frazier last night yeah. <laughs> he was called you know when they were calling him a liar when Marjorie Taylor Greene was calling him a liar he said it's true it's true google it google it he was like Richard Pryor handling a uh, somebody in the audience at one of his performances he, he he made her look worse. Uh, yeah, and, which and is McCarthy. I I hate to say poor McCarthy. <laughs> he's in there, he's in there on full camera, trying try to say, trying try to lip sync. Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I um, uh, yeah, she McCarthy's like. Hey McCarthy, this is your ally. Okay, you need exactly. her vote. Yeah, you said right. you you said you she was your BFF. Like, yeah, oh, now, she's yelling liar. <laughs> but I, I I kind of part of me, I got to admit, Monroe, like let's do away with the pretense uh, of of bipartisanship. That I haven't seen any evidence of bipartisanship from Republicans on any front anywhere in the last I don't know. Well, I can't remember 10 years. Obama couldn't even get uh, a downstate Republican, Aaron Schock, to fly well, to vote for uh, Obamacare, even though he, he's from Illinois uh, and it would probably help his people in the Peoria district. So bipartisanship, forget it. It's an illusion. It doesn't even exist. Well, you know, that's uh, how uh, Chris Christie was a, a, a favorite of the party until he had the audacity to shake Obama's hand. Yeah, with the hurricane. So, yeah, right. uh, hurricane. So yeah, right. It's out in the open now. Right. Republicans are out in the open, heckling, jeering, calling out liar. I'm like, you know what? I welcome it. I, now, there are some people go, Ben, the propriety, it's the Senate, it's the Congress. You know, the, the people should be distinguished and have dignity, et cetera, and so forth. I'm like, you know what? Why pretend? Why pretend? Uh, uh, so what, Monroe? Do you are you a part of the old school that says no? They've uh, trashed uh, this uh, sacred institution, or are you welcoming it as yeah? Well, come on, it's like wrestling. Go. You know the, the Senate. It goes through this stuff. This is not the first time it's been this bad. Uh, right, right before the Civil War, yeah, it's true. One senator came whipped the other one in there. You're right. You're this right. You're calling somebody a liar. Yeah. He keeps the living daylight. He 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 beat him like a slave. You know, like yeah. a slave. 
You're one right. To beat the other, so I forget the names now, but they're they're well known senators. Yeah, no, I know were, the outset of the Civil War. Yeah, and you're yeah. absolutely correct. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's old, and it does remind me of Chicago because I remember during the Council Wars, where Doliac would be taunting Harold Washington, and Harold Washington would be like, "Come on, you want a fist of something? You want yeah, a, right. a, a face right. knuckles? You know, I'm gonna give you right. something you don't want." I'm like, "All right, right." Oh, uh, God, let's just put it out there in the open. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other side show, uh, and uh, I have to admit I was laughing at this one. George Santos, uh, the uh, congressman from Long Island who pretty much made up absolutely everything about himself. So you don't even know what is real in any way. You don't even know what his name is. Uh, he made up his education. He made up his, his ethnic background. He made up stories about his mother. He made up stories about uh, his how he raised money and the jobs he held. It's all his his life is a giant lie. Right. Uh, and Mitt Romney, uh, the Utah senator, as he was passing by, uh, said to him allegedly, we, "We we don't have the sound. You you're a disgrace. You don't belong in Congress." Right. Uh, and then. Monroe, I saw this. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Thomas Mass. This is the, the this is where the Republicans are. Thomas Massey, who is a, uh, a senator from Kentucky, uh, said, uh, and he goes, uh, "What Romney said was the rudest thing I've I've seen a human being be to another human being." And I read that and I laughed out loud. I'm like, "Well, obviously you don't get out much because." <laughs> You you must have not been paying attention when Donald Trump was trashing absolutely everybody. Passing his white cane with the red tip, you know. Yeah, he can't see because his eyes are closed. So what's going on with the Republican Party, uh, Monroe? Mitt Romney they, trashing Jersey. Go ahead. Yeah, no, this is the problem. They are not serious. They are... They're playing games. They don't care about this. What the party, the, the, the participants in the party have devolved to is um, drama. Putting on, put, 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 putting on um, shows for the voters and for donors. Because the more, the more you clown around, then the more money the MAGA people send to you because that's that's what they want is you clowning around, and so that's what they do. They're not interested. They have no they have no programs. They have no issues except anti democrat. Mm -hmm. uh, they um, they're gonna they they're anxious to to rip up um, Hunter Biden. Yeah, you know because that's juicy for them, but they have no solution. To any of the problems that they cr crime, you name it, that they claim they they sometimes claim they're concerned about when they when when they're trying to uh, diminish Biden, but they have nothing. They have, I mean, they didn't have. Remember, they didn't have a platform in the in in, in twenty. Yeah, well, no you're right. They did not have an actual platform other right. than one sentence. We love you, Donnie. Right, <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> we love you, Donnie. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, so oh, I guess yeah, Mitt Romney represents what's left of the Republican Party uh, that even wants to have the pretense of having policies that right. they follow other than tax breaks. Right, exactly. Uh, 
That's and, it. Uh, yeah, the tax breaks uh, and opposition to anything that a Democrat passes. Uh, I don't know. I, by the way, if you watched, uh, I don't know if you watched uh, Sharon uh, Huckabee Sanders, the, the newly elected governor of Arkansas. I, I heard her on the radio. Okay. All okay. right. Uh, yeah. Wow. What a spe- I'm telling you, man, the Republicans, when it comes to race, it is what what they're up to, Monroe, is... Uh, wow, it's like this concept drawn up in a laboratory where they will acknowledge that the United States may have had some difficulties with regards to race in the past, but that's all in the past. And now we're a glorious country. And it wasn't much. The difficulties they had weren't much to begin with. You know, it's the the uh, slave masters treated us well. <laughs> no, but, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> They go down to the uh, slave quarters every morning and say, um, well, the sun's coming up. You guys think you might want to help me um, uh, pick a little cotton? <laughs> It'd be nice, righty nice if you did. <laughs> and the slaves would get up to pop up to Yes, master, we love picking some cotton. We going out and get us some cotton. We get a chance to pick some more cotton this morning. <laughs> and so, this, this is why they're banning books. Yeah. That would say anything other than that. Well, because that's yeah. the story they want out there. Well, that. So she was uh, she went back into history for the Little Rock Nine, uh, which is the story of the uh, uh, integration of Little Rock Central High School in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, again, the, the capital city in Arkansas, where she's from. She actually, I believe, is a graduate of, of that high school. And in 1957, uh, President Eisenhower has sent in troops uh, to protect nine black students who were like being threatened by white mobs. Uh, and that the fight against the integration of the schools of Arkansas went on for years. Uh, the governor was a and it's, and it's the reason it's no, it's no longer going on now because what they did in the South was they formed these Christian schools. They took their children out of the public schools so they didn't have to be integrated and formed these white Christian schools and taught them about the uh, it wasn't the Civil War it was the War of Northern Aggression. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, the governor in her speech yesterday uh, was saying like, and I remember how when my father was uh, governor in the 1990s uh, and uh, Bill Clinton, he gave Bill Clinton a shout out, the president, they opened up the doors for the uh, uh, the old. Well, they were older now. They were 40 years older. The original uh, Little Rock nine to come back and uh, to the high school that uh, they were barred from. And that's a sign of progress, uh, et cetera, and so forth. And, you know, I'm like, in her speech, she didn't talk about Eisenhower sending in the troops at all. She didn't talk right. about the years and years of resistance. She didn't talk about how the, all the Republicans today are dem- used to be Democrats, or their f- fathers used to be Democrats. They left the Democratic Party out- outraged because the Democrats were trying to get them to integrate. And that's the party that she represents that she didn't talk about any of that and Monroe guaranteed if you tried to teach that to kids to try to explain to them the roots of today's Republican Party and where it was in the 1950s they would ban you 
they would say, you're making white kids feel bad. So right. it's like she only right. wants this one right. little feel good moment from right. Right. the story. Weird stuff, Monroe. Weird stuff. No, we have, you know, the the the, the struggle continues. The fight continues. Um, when in the '60s, there was this writer, Addison. I think his name was Addison Gill. I can't remember, but he he wrote a book, and at that time, he said that we were in an image war. Blacks mm. were whites, and we have been, and we still are. Uh, although we're beginning to win the image, except Beyonce can't be named best singer. <laughs> she she could take everything, but black people. Did you notice that they they never win album of the year? <laughs> what? Uh, I watched the Grammys. You did you watch them this year? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watch the Grammys every year, uh, and uh, Beyonce has won more uh, Grammys I think than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, even more than Schulte won the the. Yeah, the she knocked out Schulte. She won yeah. more than her husband, who comes in number three, I think. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, uh, but uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Jay Z, the husband. So, I'm gonna end it with this a, uh, a thought about how this country has changed in some ways, at least, uh, just uh, just you know, like uh, appearances, maybe. But last night, I know you didn't watch this because you were probably asleep because the game went late. LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers broke the all time scoring record in the NBA. Of course, I was watching it. Uh, he broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. And I'm going to send you the article Kareem wrote about it. Kareem's an excellent columnist, Monroe. Uh, oh, no. I, Kareem is, is incredible. I, I, Kareem is my contemporary, literally. And I've been impressed with him since I since I You guys was, are the same age. You're right. Yeah, same right. I, yeah. I've, I've been impressed. I mean, from an intellectual point of view, I'm not talking about basketball. I mean, he is just incredible. Yeah. No, he's 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 a brilliant guy, uh, a very thoughtful guy. And uh, he wrote uh, an essay, which I'll send to you about his like his feelings about LeBron James breaking the record and how those feelings have been misrepresented. Uh, and it's just it's just a really thoughtful, moving piece. Uh, but last night I watched. Classy. No, he's just he's just incredible. He really he, is. Yeah. He, he, um, hey. Let's get him on the show. Can you figure out a way? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, long shot. But I'm watching it. It's like um, all these black celebrities, you know, embracing uh, LeBron when he broke the record, and uh, they're at the court. Did Michael, has Michael embraced him? Michael Jordan? No. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of classy guys. No, he's, <laughs> Michael's mad that anybody would dare to say that. Uh, LeBron's the greatest. I, Michael, I'm with you. I think you're the greatest, but the younger generation, Michael, they think LeBron. Uh, in these, you know, the powerhouses in the industry. So in, in that regard, Monroe, things have changed. I mean, when uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar broke the record in 84, you know, there were no uh, like fabulously wealthy uh, black entrepreneurs of like right. Jay-Z, you know. There, were, there may be not as many, let's put it that way. So things have changed. I mean, I know. Oh, you know. Well, okay. Just just think of Sunday. That's all you need to do. This coming Sunday. Oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, two black quarterbacks. Black quarterbacks. 
they, they, uh, the, the NFL fought that for so long. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, they can run. You know, I mean, you have guys who were star quarterbacks in college. Yeah. And it's time to get drafted in the NFL. Well, I think you'd be a better running back than a quarterback. A receiver, project receiver. <laughs> a receiver, yeah. right. He's yeah. out uh yeah you're right uh two uh black quarterbacks pretty amazing and by the way i recommend everybody check out the lee allen jones interview i did good friend another uh protege of uh monroe anderson he came on the show and I, monroe he is just f- waving his chicago bears flag uh yeah, fully uh, he just thinks the the bears are on the brink of greatness so, folks, if you're sports fans and you just want to be cheered up, a Chicago sports fan, you want to be cheered up a little bit, um, check out what Lee Allen has to say. He loves his Chicago Bears. I'm a little more skeptical, Monroe, but it's nice yeah, to get he, he, He's a fanboy, that's for sure. Yeah, He loves the Bears. And it's, and, and it's infectious. I, you know, I've, I've talked to him, and uh, I've felt better about the Bears. Yeah. It is infectious. Infectious, yes. Uh, All right, Monroe, we've run out of time, and there's so much more to talk about. We didn't even get into the Chinese balloon, which is just, I don't know. its I'm not sure it's uh, a real story or a joke, the way it was. I I, I think it's probably a joke, but uh, somebody played 99 balloons. That's the thing. You remember that song from yeah. the from the nineties? Of course. <laughs> no, I, they had uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene walking around the halls of Congress with a white balloon. On, and it was supposed to be. I don't know what it was, but I, I was like, you know what, Marjorie Taylor Greene. At, at the moments, you are an entertaining diversion. At like rare moments. Okay, a quick thing on, on that also is first of all, Trump had at least three balloons during his time. Yeah. And uh, we've been we've been spying on each other for um, at least from the '60s that yeah. we know about, uh, blatantly spying on each other. And when it was when Trump, it was pointed out that Trump about Putin being a killer. Trump's response to that was, "Well, we people we kill people too." Yeah. You know, and so, but it, then it comes down to a balloon, and suddenly it's horrible because the Chinese have had a balloon floating. Yeah. No, I uh, listen. Whenever there's a moment like a confrontation like that, I've learned for years and years and years to be skeptical of the official line. We talked about this a lot yesterday. The official line uh, that any country puts out. So I try to so try to discern based on the situation who's telling the truth because Monroe you know you know you you and I grew up the same generation our country has lied to us so much our leaders have lied to us so much down through the years from right. both parties right. okay so it um, comes was, with the territory it comes with, yeah. yeah yeah you're in charge of lie yeah. people. tell them tell them what you need to do what they need to know to, to keep you in power yeah so I I just assume the other side's doing it too. So when the Chinese government said it was a weather balloon, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, they're lying. <laughs> is is that it? Right, exactly. Balloon. <laughs> right, weather okay. balloon. Right. 
Uh, all right. We have run out of time. Thank you again, Monroe. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. Take care, Chris. I want to thank producer Chris as well. And as I always say, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can catch previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at chicagoreader.com and all your favorite podcast platforms.